Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a proud production of ITM Media. I'm Lynn about Race Nation. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes, sorry, we were delayed by a week. It happens. Episode 170 coming at you. If you're joining us on YouTube for the replay, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe as well. And if you're listening on your podcast platform, welcome once again. It's been another crazy past few weeks here in the world of autosports. But before we get any further than that, there's some introductions to be done. I'm Preston Lude, but more importantly, sitting across from me, the one, the only Matt Beamer. I wouldn't say more importantly. I'd say we're equal partners in this whole endeavor of rambling about racing, Preston. You're important to me. I, well, I mean, you're important to me as well, but we're equally as important here at Rambling About Race. And again, sorry about last week, folks. It has been a crazy week. Um, I don't know if you want to tell them why we didn't do the show last week. I, well, okay, I, I, I had illness once along again, with my kids. Once again, Preston was sick. Yes. And he was ill. Yes, I was. And I thought I had gotten over it. And then... Friday night. Apparently came, not. And I did not. It was, I got hit with round two, but even worse. What, what exactly did you have? I had, apparently there's this stomach bug that must be going around. And it was, uh, it was, let's just say it was pretty horrendous. Pretty horrendous. Uh, well, yes. Uh, let's see. We're recording here on a, a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I, it's weird because, you know, Rain delays throw everything off. Rain you know, delays why a delay. We, 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 why was, a day? Was, excuse well, me. Well, I was thinking about doing this show yesterday, but then I thought, well, it would make no. It would be a rust episode. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm glad we did it. There's a big pieces of news came out today. Yeah. And we got to We're going to catch everybody up on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It, round two was not not fun. A lot of trips to the bathroom and a okay, lot of you, you, can spare, you can spare us the details when uh, it comes to that. Well, let's just say I haven't puked like that in years. Uh, it hurt. Like, I'm talking, Matt, when I tell you, it hurt, like, my body yesterday was hurting from how sore at how much it hurt to puke. Folks, I apologize for this. <laughs> this isn't meant to be one of those shows. <laughs> But today's going to be a fun episode. Thank you for joining us, whether you're on your regular podcast platform like Preston said or YouTube. Really do appreciate you taking the time to show up here on episode 170, Preston. I know, right? 170. I know, and I got some great plans and ideas for our throwback episode coming up here in the next couple of weeks for Darlington. Oh, boy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, and I can't wait to show everybody it. Let's just say we're going to take a blast in the past here at Rambling About Racing Oh, Nation. dear Lord. <laughs> Wait, why do you say that? I let me uh, blast them from the past, like past episodes. No, 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 no. Oh, we're we're, okay. we're, we're gonna right. do. We're, we're, it's gonna be a great episode. Okay, it's okay. gonna be a great right. episode, right. folks. Okay. Well, never mind. I take that back. Well, I mean, I hope so. Well, I mean, you could have been a blast from the past. Could have been anything from like embarrassing takes of myself. No, 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 no. That's for a Christmas special. Oh, okay. All if, right. If you're right. new to rambling about race in here. Every Christmas, we do a Christmas episode in which we discuss our highlights from this pa- the past season of Rambling About Racing. And that's usually when all the bloopers come up. Yes. Because I don't want to do, do it in the middle of the season. It would, make, it would not be fun. Yeah, but if we okay, do it at the yeah. end of the season, everybody has something to look forward to for Christmas time while they're on their way to Grandma's house and stuff. What a good time. It is a good time. Oh, man. You see, 
And now I'm, I'm messing around. If you're watching YouTube, I'm sorry. I'm back and forth and back and forth for no reason right here because we have something new here. Here at the ITM Media Studios, it's not new. It's just a different logo. And you'll see more of it if you're watching YouTube. You, you'll see it. Don't worry about that. But Preston, you have anything else before we... No, like, well, I'm no. glad you're feeling better. Oh, I feel great. Uh, 100%. I, I wish that... I don't wish that on anybody. Okay. Honestly. This awful feeling. Awful. But I feel great. Thank God I'm over it. Good. Oh my God. <laughs> Good. I'm, well, I'm glad about that, buddy. You go, you're ready to go ahead. And we got a lot to cover. We oh, got there a was lot, a lot going on. We got a on. lot of upcoming races to cover and races, not just Talladega. We're going to, we're not maybe going to spend a whole lot of time. There's one topic from Talladega I want to Yeah, keep, yeah. We'll just skim up. through it. But you ready to head into our Hey Man segment? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire, and so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All Every purchase will help out Rambling About Racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the youtube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below again all proceeds help out rambling about race and bring you better content in the future hey man hey man and hey man here at rambling about racing as always Presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to DevosOutdoor.com for 10% off of your order. Use it in discount code RAMBLIN at checkout. Those links can be found at your, well, on your, I should say, YouTube description and regular podcast platform description as well for this episode and at RamblinAboutRacing.com as always. And now, Preston. Yes. This is what I wanted to talk about here. And I, I really debated on talking about this last week when... You weren't here. And this was a big back and forth with me. I ended up saying, no, I'm going to wait for Preston because I want to get your take on this because this is, I feel, one of those important takes that we need to talk about here in NASCAR, maybe in motorsports in general. Okay. All right. And if you're watching YouTube now, you get to see our fancy-dancy display here. Boom. We got the slides up here. This is what happened at Talladega for, with Kyle Larson. He got T-boned by Ryan Priest. After you could you could blame Ross Chastain for that accident, but he got he got T-boned by Ryan Freese, and there was the, the result of that accident, the roll bar coming loose. Mm-hmm. If that would have been 180 degrees, Preston, on a driver's side impact, we wouldn't have been talking about the race finish. We wouldn't have been talking about anything else except the seriously injured, possibly killed. Cup champion Kyle Larson, I feel. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think so. I think the the, the driver's side is uh, built differently than the uh, the, the quote-unquote passenger side of the car. Well, here's my thing about this. NASCAR has always been, when it comes to these accidents, very reactive. They got a safe car in the Gen 7 car. I guess you could say now after the 2022 season, it's definitely safer. Drivers in the 2022 season have experienced a lot of hits. We saw Alex Bowman out. A concussion caused the retirement of Kurt Busch at the end of in the 2022 season. Not even at the end of the 2022 season. Retirement of Kurt Busch, gone. Mm-hmm. Several drivers, including Denny Hamlin and several more, complained that that was some of the hardest hits they've ever taken, regardless of the safer barrier or whatnot. This car unfortunately, is not built by the teams anymore. This car is built by a single-source manufacturer, which I'm sure they have quality control, but it's not to, I feel like, the standards that a team, like, say, a Joe Gibbs Racing, would say, I'm happy about this product that I can put Denny Hamlin in this car and him be safe no matter what the situation is. 
And that's where I'm getting at here. Because what happened here to Kyle Larson could have been horrible. And I got a few more examples here of the reactiveness of NASCAR. And NASCAR has come a long way since its inception in the late 1940s. 75 years. A lot of safety improvements. One being, if I could get it working, the fuel bladder following the death of Fireball Robertson in 1964 World 600 reaction. I'm sure fiery crashes have happened before then, but none, none that have taken the life of a champion like Fireball Roberts, a legend in this sport. Probably the bad picture, but it demonstrates it perfectly. Richard Petty's crash in the Rebel 400 at Darlington in 1970 introduced and revolutionized safety as far as the window nets. We see window nets on every car in the NASCAR series and stock car racing because when he flipped at Darlington, he came out of the car. Luckily, he wasn't crushed or lost a body part. The Hans device. Surprisingly enough, this is what kind of makes me mad about the Hans device, Preston. In 2000, NASCAR lost Adam Petty, Kenny Irwin Jr., and Blaze Alexander to a basal or skull fracture. But it took the death of Dale Earnhardt in order for safety to be in the forefront of everybody's mind. That's what makes me mad about this. But this isn't about that. This is about the evolution of safety, I feel, in NASCAR. NASCAR being reactive to situations spice proactive and last but not least we have the safer barrier every crash now since 2003 have involved a safer barrier on all sanctioned nascar tracks indycar had this going in there well before and in develop in, in development well before the death of dale Earnhardt. but every crash you see preston what do you what do you what happens safer barrier oh man did you see how much that safer barrier gave in that impact mm-hmm. every accident i don't care if it's michael waltrip jeff burden dale Earnhardt jr mike joy clint boyer every announcer will say the same thing man that safer barrier gave it has been a great addition to nascar but then you think about this like how that kyle larson incident happened you said that's the driver's side is, is stronger than the passenger side, which makes it, which makes sense. Could it have happened on the driver's side? Oh, well, yeah, of course. It, it, it could have happened. And, and, of course, the safest way to deal with motorsports is not to participate in motorsports. I mean, just like if you don't want to die from falling out, falling out of a plane skydiving, don't go skydiving. You know, don't take these risky events. My thing is that NASCAR, what's going to be... The new thing, because NASCAR took a while for to fix the rear end and after the 2022 season because we didn't want to ruin everything. If it's a safety issue, go back, develop it, and then fix it right then and there. Don't wait till the next season because it will give an unfair advantage and everybody's trying to get, get used to the new car anyway. Kurt Busch shouldn't have been retired. Those drivers shouldn't have taken those hard impacts. NASCAR is always reactive, and when they find something, they don't want to change the regulations because of... The fear, I guess, of somebody will just take a William Byron who's running well. Should they change something with that car that has to do with safety? Guess what? And William Byron starts running bad. What's Hendrick going to say? Oh, they'll probably figure out a way to blame it on NASCAR. Absolutely. Hey, it's NASCAR's fault. NASCAR changed this for safety, yeah, but it's affecting us. And that's what I'm kind of getting at here. Agree? Disagree? I get it. No, I, 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 get it. I, I agree. It's Yeah, safety is an issue. Uh, but, I mean, also, I look at an impact like that as, like, a more of a super speedway issued in general. I mean, that's just, that's that's the product of the racing that we get these days. On it. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, it's, I don't want to say that the racing is too aggressive. I mean, it always has been. It's just one of those things where you just, it, you know it's probably going to happen, something like that. It, it's just one of those freak accidents, too. I mean, you just, sometimes you don't think, I mean, you would probably... It's probably would have been thought about before. I mean, who we said Ryan Priest was the one that Ryan Priest was. Oh, and speaking of that, speaking of Ryan Priest hitting him, and I didn't have a picture of this because it was a video I saw. I don't know if you saw it of him in the car uh-huh. and when he t boned Kyle Larson. He went forward with such force that thank thank God they had the Hans device. Thank God they make that mandatory now. Because it looked like to me, I don't know, I didn't hear anything afterwards. It looked like to me that Ryan Priest, Priest's head, hit the steering wheel. 
I did hit the boy. If it if this head hit the steering wheel, boy, that's a that's a restraint problem in general. But uh, I, I mean, no, it did. He didn't. hit the crap out of that car. The the violence of that crash from I say more so Ryan Priest. I mean, Kyle Larson probably felt it, but it wasn't to the degree that Ryan Priest felt it. I felt because Ryan Priest. I mean, if you saw the video, he jerked forward, and that could have been a restraint issue. That could have been a issue with the seatbelts or whatnot, but man, it's just, and like, like I said, it's, that's just the, pro- unfortunately that accident is the product of the super speedway racing in general. Now we've seen hard hits before when, <clears throat> excuse me, when we have these big accidents at, you know, say Daytona or Talladega. And usually it's usually you have a field of cars that just start to get all crumpled up or whatever. You know, one car spins out in front, everybody just gets collected at one time. In this case, Larson got, you know, I don't remember how it even really happened. He got turned, and when he hit the apron, he, I don't know if he overcorrected or if the steering wheel overcorrected on its own, but, I mean, they cut the car right back up the racetrack, up the banking. And usually a lot of the instincts are, if if there's an accident usually happening, usually you're trying to tell your driver, if they, you think they have a window, gas it up and just go and hope that you can get out of here. And, you know, that was just a freak accident where Ryan Priest just happened to be gassing it up, thinking that they were going to get through it, and Kyle Larson's car just... <laughs> did a 180 and went right back in the opposite direction and came right up the track. I mean, we've seen hard hits before. No, we with have. accidents. But like I said, it's just different because Ryan Priest just happened to be gassing it up at the time. So when he actually hit him, he was probably doing probably close to 180 or so instead of your usual accident that happens at a track like that where guys are maybe doing 180, 190 behind but happen to be slowing down already in that general or they have cars in front of them that are taking right. that impact off. I mean, this was just a one-on-one incident. And Larson just came up the track. I mean, it's just, I, and to me in general, yes, in the past decades of NASCAR, yes, that is safety has always been an issue, but the way safety has evolved over the years, now it seems to be more of just like a super speedway issue, I guess you could say, in my eyes at least. No, I'd have to disagree with you there, because if that happens out of Texas, it isn't a super speedway, but it could happen in Texas. It could happen I, in it Texas. It could happen in Texas. But what I don't like is the reactivity from NASCAR. I feel like this is a opportunity to maybe re- look at who's welding and what's welding and welds and maybe put some more supports in there because it doesn't look like much of a support. Because I, my, my biggest thing is following that, you know, you don't think about it when you're watching the race. You think, oh, man, that was a bad hit. But then you start kind of sitting on it and letting it marinate with everything. And then you think, oh, my gosh. If that would have been 180 degrees and that would have been this and, and one thing would have been changed or whatnot, we wouldn't have been talking about Kyle Busch winning at Talladega. We would have been talking about Kyle Larson being killed at Talladega, the first death since Dale Earnhardt. I mean, I'm hypothetically speaking because, you know, I mean, who knows? It could have been a nothing impact, but it, he could have been hurt. Yeah, that's true. It was a close call. I, it, it, was almost, it almost reminds me of when... Roman Grosjean got stuck in the barrier at Bahrain. That's a very For, good Formula point. One dodged a bullet there. We even have it on our episode. It's on our YouTube channel. Go back and listen to it. NASCAR dodged a bullet here because 180 degrees could have made a difference. It could have. And it could have made a big difference. It could have. And I'm just. It's just my opinion. I'm. Your opinion's your opinion, but I feel like. I. It, I yeah. Sometimes you would you would like for sports to be proactive instead of reactive. I just I unfortunately see motorsports in general just being kind of a reactive thing. They just kind of learn as they go. I just feel like that's almost like uh, the way life usually is. You just learn as you go. It just happens, and you just right. correct. And the, and you know that's why they took both of those cars to the R and D center so they could look over it more. And I'm sure there could be changes down the road. Will it be this season? Who knows. Now, if, I'm if, sure they're still there trying to, you know, I, I don't think it takes a day to figure it out and say, oh, you know, this is what it could be no, done. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, I mean, they probably have to go through and figure out if they're going to add anything extra to the side of the car, how much weight is it going to add to the car and stuff like that, because I'm sure teams are going to be pretty upset and then teams are going to have to go in and figure out, oh, well, now the car weighs this much, so now we got to change all this other stuff. And, yeah, it's just it makes this big snowball effect. Right, and don't <laughs> react to NASCAR for the sake of reacting. Don't right. I mean do this methodically to prevent this from happening again? Because I think for I think NASCAR dodged a bullet there at Talladega, yeah, with Kyle Larson. 
But that's all we got for Talladega. It was really status quo there. I wanted to talk more about it last week, but oh well. Yeah, it, it pretty much was status quo, honestly. It, it, it's, and if you've been to Daytona and then go to Talladega or vice versa, it's going to be the same thing. I think Daytona is a little more crown jewelish, especially yeah. for the 500. But after you go from Daytona to Talladega, you're like, meh. Yeah. Meh. A lot more to do around there at da- <laughs> Daytona as well. But anything else regarding uh, no. safety right there? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Next topic here, and this topic is going to be, a, I think, a very interesting one. Ross Chastain strikes again. Ross yeah. Chastain. <laughs> the drama, our, our, the saga our, our, continues. Our favorite guy to talk about here, and I hope you guys can see him. I don't know if there's a glare right there on the screen right there, but Ross Chastain, finishing second at Dover, had a great run all day, and then overshadowed again by controversy, him running into Brandon Poole, Ironically enough, collecting Kyle Larson. Oh well, <laughs> I, I I don't I, know. I really don't know what to say. I'm going to let you lead off with this. I you know I I really I, when I watched it, ha- well first of all when you're watching it live you don't see how the wreck initially started until they showed the replay and of course man I you know there was this, there's just there's a lot to this that really bugs the crap out of me, uh, but I'll I'll just. I won't hit on everything yet because it has to do with the way they broadcast it in the Fox booth, which is just odd. Oh my gosh. It yeah. was just, it was really odd how they, it was so stupid. But so, I mean, initially when you see the replay, you would think that it looked like Ross maybe ran Brendan Poole over. Right. Which some people say, well, what if Brendan Poole was slowing down? You know, maybe what if he was breaking a little bit earlier? Or, you know, you have people that will probably bring up arguments saying, Oh, you know, that's a lap car in the way. You know, that's that's their problem. You know what? What I say to that is everybody, whatever teams bring cars to the track deserve to be on the track. You know, if it's a lap car, it's a lap car. Big deal. Then get around it or wait. I mean, I understand that stage racing creates this thing where people have to try and get to the front so they can get the stage points. And maybe that's what Ross was doing. He's just trying to get whatever he could get, could get out of that. And then he just causes an accident. And, I mean, he probably just couldn't wait any longer, which, I mean, some, some guys... Don't like to wait. You know, no. Kyle Larson was pretty angry about it, right? Said, Understandably, it's the first stage, which I, you know, it's just it's just so many factors with it. But I don't know. I, I didn't really agree with what I see, and you know, and people when people like I said when people want to say, oh, well, what if Brendan Poole may have bro- you know brake checked or whatever? When I watched the interview of Ross just saying at the end of the race, and he says, oh yeah, you know, I'm just man, I, I'm gonna go over to those guys on you know, Tuesday or whatever, and uh, I owe them a really big apology. Like, this man gets on TV and wants me to feel sorry for him, the way he expresses his attitude. I'm just like, I can't feel sorry for you anymore, dude. And when Brandon Poole says, maybe he needs to get his butt whooped, somebody probably needs to, I I wish I could curse, somebody needs to whip his butt for once. Like we said weeks ago in one of our episodes, Somebody needs to actually do something instead of just talking about it. Right. That's what everybody yeah. just keeps saying. Just someone, again, Brendan Poole, when he says, oh, somebody needs to probably just whip his butt, I'm like, okay, well, then somebody finally do it. Right. Why aren't we doing it yet? Because we're just going to talk about it for another week, and then he's going to do it again, maybe. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. And then guess what? Someone else is going to say it again. Boy, if he did that and involved with somebody like a Tony Stewart, guess what? Tony Stewart's probably going to be talking to him and maybe laying right. some hands on him. But yeah. nobody's done it yet. I don't see why not. If all these drivers are saying somebody needs to say something about it, well, then somebody go to him and say it already. Right. I'm tired of it. Okay. Moving on from that. No, no, no. Because I got my side. I got my okay. rebuttal. Okay. All right. Here. Let's hear. Let's hear here, your rebuttal first. Here's my thing with the Ross Chastain. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Ross Chastain. If you're a slow car, get out of the way. Well, it's it was two slow cars. I mean, he it was Brendan Poole and Austin Dillon. I mean, uh, there was. What's he going to do? He can't pass it on I, the outside of him. I, well, guess what? I'm going to say this. And if Charlie was here, he would totally disagree. He'd be like, no, no, no. But I think you know where I'm going with this. Had that Ross Chastain number one Chevrolet been painted three with a black number, with a black car, with a number three, with a Dale Earnhardt in there, although be it he might be retired by this point in his life if he would have survived that crash in 2001. If that would have been, if he is Dale Earnhardt, new Dale Earnhardt. Doesn't care. I've heard him compared to Ernie Irvin as well. Ernie Irvin. And guess what? They, those drivers don't care. Those drivers want to win races. 
Well, that's fine. And if you're slow, and Dale Earnhardt done that so many times, but everybody's, yay, Dale Earnhardt, yay. I, mean, I bet the Jeff Gordon fans didn't like it. I, I, bet, just, I bet the competitors didn't like it. Rusty Wallace and maybe Benny Parsons and all those guys coming up and transitioning when Dale Earnhardt was coming up didn't like Dale Earnhardt running through them like that. Ross Chastain does it. Like you said, we said it a few weeks ago. Do something about it. If you don't like it, do something about it. I just think there's a time and place for it. I just think at a tra- where it happened at a track like Dover, you have when you drive off into turns one and three, it's like diving into a canyon. So the car's coming up off the ground almost. And he pretty much ran him over right as that transition happened. I mean, if he would have run him over in the corner, okay, I understand that there. You're probably trying to move him out of the way, but he legit pretty much ran him. I mean, it's just like... I see I, nothing wrong with what he did. I, I see plenty of wrong with what no, he did. No, absolutely, absolutely It's not. just like with Denny Hamlin, when Denny Hamlin ran over J.J. Yaley, and everyone wanted to say, oh, maybe Yaley, you know, slowed up on him. No, Denny Hamlin drove through him at Richmond. I'm sorry to say it, but Denny Hamlin ran him over. Denny, I think he apologized for it. Ran him over. So is this more of an issue not but from Ross? But I, I wish Ross Chastain would just own up to it then at this point. Oh, yeah. Because he comes on TV at the end, and he wants to do this weird, like, oh, well, you know, I, I owe them a really big, you know, man, I hate for I hate it for those guys. I, I owe them a really big apology. Yeah, you're running over a lap car. I mean, that team probably doesn't have a ton of money, but, I mean, they have the money to get there to field a car, and he's running and wrecking people's cars. And then he goes, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry about that. No, you're not. Just don't have to it already. Why is he still telling me sorry over and over again? Like, I'm going to feel sorry for him on TV. So would it, would it be better for Ross Chastain just to come out and say, whoops? You know, kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, I hit him. To, oh, well. man, you know what? It was, I, oh, well. yeah, I own, I, I own it. He was just too slow or so something. Would, if he did that, I bet fans would laugh him so, for it. So that's what I'm asking. Would fans respect Ross Chastain more? And in, uh, instead of every time this happening, him say, to quote Dale Earnhardt, I didn't mean to wreck him. I meant to rattle his cages. Of course, him not gonna, he's not going to say that. But no, I, I meant to kind of ruffle his feathers. I didn't mean to wreck him. He wrecked. Oh, well, he can't handle his race car. Yeah, if he if he came out and started owning it a little bit. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I ran him over. He was just in the way. I'm trying to go. I have things to do. Okay, I get it then. But if he 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 he's coming on TV again and again and making it sound like oh man, it was just it was an accident, man. I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to really do that. It was just it just no. Own up to it, man. That's what NASCAR's missing these days. If he owns up to that and says to me, "You know what, man? I ran him over." He's in the way. It's a slow car. It, it would have made a complete difference to people fans. would love him, and if pe- and like we said, if people would go and talk to him, that's the ratings NASCAR needs right there. That's what NASCAR needs is right. these guys to get in each other's faces and not everybody just you know what like when they try to interview Larson about it and Larson just uh, you know didn't really say a whole lot. Oh, or did you block him at the end? Uh, not really. Like he doesn't want to say it. Like nobody wants to say anything these days because it's like they're too scared to say something. Right. Or they're, they're afraid that they're going to say something too far and maybe lose a sponsorship or something. I don't know. Maybe that's how I view it. No, yeah, absolutely. Why? Just own up to it. I mean, if I can bring up this other point about the bring it up, Fox man. Broadcasting, <laughs> they want to go out and say it happens, and then Clint Boyer says, oh, I don't know about that. Rusty's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that looks intentional. And then, they, and then later on the race, they want to throw in that bit about the whole thanks, Ross thing, and then they want to joke about it the whole time. And then they want to say, oh, yeah, you know, man, you know, it, that man, that guy's got places to be. He's got a fast car today, you know. Which side of the ship are they going to be on? They want to blame him one part of the race, and then later on when they throw this whole stupid thanks Ross bit up in the air because Fox is so ridiculously dumb for half the stuff they even produce these days. They want to throw this, oh, thanks, Ross. He throws watermelons up the top. Thanks, Ross. That's so stupid, first of all. That's a dumb take. And then, so, like I said, they want to blame him, and then later on the race, they're praising him for going through the field aggressively. Like, which one is it going to be? How are you going to tell me one thing and then go and walk your words back and say, oh, boy, he's real aggressive. He's got a fast car today. He's looking real good, man. I got my eyes on him. But earlier in the race, you were saying, oh, man, that was pretty intentional. I don't know about all that. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Good point, man. Oh, you know, and, you know, I got to say kudos to Kyle Larson for throwing the block at the end, you know? Hey, it is what it is. It happened. Yep. It didn't didn't really matter because (laughs) we got that caution at the end, which, man, I tell you what, if we would have been able to see that racing play out, 
I think it would have been better. Oh, man, what a finish that would have been. But But still, it it, It is what it is. It was a better Dover race than I expected. That was great. I mean, Ryan Truex winning Saturday, Martin Truex Jr. winning Sunday or Monday. Monday. Yeah, Truex Brothers in victory lane. And they said last time that happened was, what, Rusty Wallace and Mike Wallace? I can't remember. I don't remember. It had to be Mike Wallace there for the Bush and and Winston Cup at that point, I feel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what a great weekend for those guys. Congrats to both of those. You can never count out Martin Truex at Dover. No, you can't. You can't count out Martin Truex Jr. anywhere. But now he's, I think he's finally got his mojo back, yeah. for lack of better words there. But anything else? No. Regarding no that, that, was my, that, was my, that was another Ross Chastain rant brought to you by us again. <laughs> we might need to do a compilation of that. Here, the Ross I'm, sure we will, I'm sure we'll still have more to – feed off oh, of in the coming weeks <laughs> that's why i like ross chastain and track house racing man I, I like them both because i could see that they aren't hard in them and i could be like yeah i mean but like you said if he would just own up to it and say yeah he was too slow i wrecked him he wanted he was passing another car he shouldn't have been doing that he knew the leader was coming up get out of the way and then you can make your pass whenever yeah go own up to it and I agree with you. If he does own up to it, he earns a lot of fans there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else? No. All right. Next big topic here. Legacy Motorsports. Motor Club. Motor Club. I apologize. Okay. Le- Legacy Motor Club switching to Toyota in the 2024 season, making the announcement today, Tuesday, May 2nd. How do you feel about that? Uh, great. Okay, great. I think it's a great move for them, honestly. Okay. Why is that? I don't really... You know, I, I don't know how teams sit on the totem pole when it comes to certain manufacturers, like, for for example, Chevy or, for example, Ford. But you got to think that, like, Hendrick Motorsports is probably at the top of the totem pole when it comes to Chevy and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. I don't know where Legacy would sit on the totem pole with Chevy, but, like, this year they have not been performing, like, well at all. They've been kind of, like, under subpar, as probably some people would think. You know, they switched, you know, rebranded this year. Jimmy Johnson's got a big stake in it now these days, along with um, uh, Gallagher, because Richard Petty's no longer got any ownership in it whatsoever. He's more of like an ambassador to. He's the just team. a figurehead at this. He's point. He's just a figurehead at this point, and you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, I cannot believe Richard Petty would let something like this happen." Well, he's not really making the shot, the call. He's not calling the shots anymore at this point. He's like you said, he's just a figurehead. Jimmy Johnson wants to build. That's why the name is there, Legacy Motor Club. They are they want to build a legacy, and they're going where they can build off of a legacy. And Toyota is probably like, hey, you know, hey, why don't you guys come on over here? And, and it almost like evens the playing field out. I don't, I, I can't think off the top of my head right now, but that puts eight full time Toyota cars in the field for next year. Nine if you count Jimmy Johnson as a part-time. But I feel like they're going to get more, uh, you know, Toyota will give them more backing. They're going to go where the money is. Toyota gives them more backing. They're going to get more feedback on a lot of things. And I, I think this team is going to, you're going to see, it's not going to be a, a huge step next year, but I, it'll, they'll probably perform much better next year, let's just say, in my eyes. Okay. They're just going where the money is. So you meant, mentioned a pecking order and a totem pole, a hierarchy, I guess you could say, when it, comes to, when it comes to manufacturers. And Hendrick definitely being at the top of that totem pole when it comes to Chevy teams. Here's my thing. For Toyota, Joe Gibbs is at the top. And then you have 2311, who's next. And now you have Legacy Motor Club coming in right underneath the 2311 team. Both organizations, being Joe Gibbs and 2311, are winning organizations when it comes to Toyota. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot multiple wins yes, last year from 2311. We saw, I think we're starting to see the rebuilding of Joe Gibbs racing currently here in 2023. But then you add another layer in this, which is Legacy Motor Club, and now you have a, the same thing as you have with Chevy, I feel, coming up here, which is a hierarchy where Joe Gibbs is at the top, and then everybody else is secondary. Because that's what I, I, I could see your point right there. I don't know where they're getting their engines from. You can only assume it's Hendrick. I think Legacy gets theirs from well, ECR. ECR, okay. I think they get their, I think the ECR is theirs. Okay. I think. And they're not running so hot either. No. When it comes to Chevy, Hendrick is the king of the hill they've been for 
decades. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't think we're going to see Legacy Motor Club come out and go, oh, we found the winning formula No, I don't right think here. it will either. But I think it's a good step in the right direction. It might not even them. be a good step in the right direction until 2025, if they even make it till 2025. I think they will. No, Jimmy I mean, Johnson on board. Come on now. That means nothing. Because now Jimmy Johnson's slowly becoming another Richard Petty, a figurehead. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Johnson hasn't raced full-time, what, since 2021? 2020 was his last season? Yeah, I think that was right. And after that, he tried IndyCar, didn't really succeed. A few little spikes of good runs. Nothing like a Roman Grosjean. But at the same time, I don't think... I mean, Noah Gregson and Eric Jones are both drivers that have previously driven for Toyota... Of course, Eric Jones oh, yeah. definitely for I mean, sure that, more recent. That makes a good, you make a good point there. So, I think I think they're gonna be they're gonna get on the right track. Legacy will probably stay a two car team for years to come down the road until maybe they do add a third car if they get to that point. But I right now they they are struggling. It's mm-hmm. it, it, technically their first season, maybe technically second season, uh, ever since the technical rebrand because it was. Petty GMS last year. Right. And then they ended up just rebranding in general over the offseason once Richard Petty was kind of stepped back after that. Noah Gregson's struggling. It's his rookie year. He's got to get things figured out. But Well, at the same time. It happens. At I mean, the they, same time, Josh Berry raced a number of races for Chase Elliott, is now substituting for Alex Bowman, who was injured in an accident, injured his back. Now he's racing for him. Josh Berry had one bad race under Chase Elliott's banner. And that was at the start when he first raced. And I was like, oh, man, rookie, he's got to learn it. By race two, he was top ten. Look who he's racing for. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, you make a good point there. I just think that, that Hendrick is the, the, the hierarchy on that totem pole when it comes to Chevy. And yes, Josh Berry. Kudos to Josh Berry, though, for you know figuring it out and driving the heck out of a car where he's at right now. You know, rumors swirling about him even getting a ride at this point next year. But I just, I think that it's, I think it just comes to where you are on the totem pole in general. I think, I think Legacy, give it a few gears and they'll, okay. they may be competing in terms of, like you say, with Joe Gibbs being the hierarchy in Toyota, then maybe they'll be competing with 2311 at that point. Right. To be okay. the number two, so. All right, fair enough, man. Well, Anything else regarding Dover, Talladega? Got a couple races here. We got to talk about Azerbaijan real quick, though, actually. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, mm. it was kind of a status quo race when it comes to... Oh, man. Yes. So thank you for reminding me of this because uh, I don't know if you had seen it, but the new sprint format, oh, my God. I think it's the most ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous thing. I don't know what the FIA is trying to do. I'm not sure if they think that they're making racing exciting. I, I, I really don't know. Last year, I, 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 remember, I can't remember if sprint format racing was introduced two years ago or if it was last year. I think it was 2020. 20. It was somewhere, like maybe two seasons ago, I think. Right, 2021. But remember when they first came out with the sprint format, the sprint format, which was on a Saturday, was going to set... Wherever you finish was supposed was to set, set the, the field, field for Sunday. Yep. Well, the FAA comes and says, well, actually, here's what we're going to do now. You get one practice session. We're going to call it. And this is where I think is ridiculous, and it hurts them and the ratings in general. And get one practice session on a Friday. Qualify on Friday as well. This past weekend, they qualified at, I think it was like 10 in the morning on a Friday. ESPN didn't have it on. ESPN2 doesn't have it on. Usually ESPN or ESPN2 is covering qualifying on a Saturday morning because there's nothing going on. They're not going to, ESPN's not going to drop their usual shows on a Friday morning for an hour long of Formula One qualifying. So right then and there, if you don't have Formula One TV, you know, F1 TV, or if you don't live, you know, over in the United Kingdom, whatever, if you, as an F1 fan in the United States, you're probably going to be missing out on it. Yep. That's, that's one there's one point I'm making right there. There's strike one. Is, there's strike one right there. So, strike two. Well, now we're going to have the sprint on Saturday, but 
this time, this doesn't set the field. This is just a little mini race. But we're going to have qualifying on Saturday morning for this sprint showdown. I don't understand that either. So the first session will be 12 minutes. Qualifying two will be 10 minutes, and then the last session will be eight minutes. Okay, cool. That almost sounds like a regular qualifying session to me, honestly. And then there's this weird thing. I couldn't really pick up on it with the whole tires thing. You had to use certain sets of tires in that whole qualifying deal. It was really awkward. I didn't like the idea of the sprint, but I was, you know, I was like, okay, you know, what? I'll watch it anyway, just to watch it. I'll, I'll give was, it a chance. I'll give it a chance. There was nothing to it because if it's not setting the field for Sunday, what are we doing? And no, that, it's, it's a waste of time. It was Max Verstappen said it. He said this is an absolute waste of time. I thought it was a waste of time because you're out there running your car extra if it's not going to make a difference for Sunday. And and it 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 will affect the engine transmission and all those things that if you replace have to replace by let's just say Miami this coming weekend because of that extra 100 kilometers that you put onto it in a racing and conditions under racing conditions then you're like well that was a waste I could have ran Miami the whole weekend and then changed power units after yeah. that and now and, and that's what you that's what I see coming up yeah, from I this. just I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous I think that it's also ridiculous for the FAA to come out and say well now you have and you know, the, you had the rule where you could change your power units and all the other things up three times in the season without getting a penalty, and now it's four. They changed that in the middle of the season too, which I didn't understand either. I understand why they decided to make all these changes in the middle of the season. I think that's one thing that really, that's like a, a pet peeve of mine. Why are we cha- Why come out with all these major changes in the middle of the season? Why didn't you just throw it out? And the rumors did swirl before the start of the season and right at the start of the season that a new quote-unquote sprint format could possibly be introduced and then they end up introducing it i don't know we're in like round four or five of this of formula one at this point i just the sprint i think it's still one positions one through eight get like points i think first gets eight or something like that and eighth gets like one point okay cool so the usual teams that are up there are going to get the usual points because nobody none of the guys that can even qualify in top 10 are going to get close to that not only that i mean we we saw i feel like it's wasting time what we saw Contact between Verstappen and Charles George, Le- uh, or George, George Russell. Russell. George, yeah, Russell George Russell, thank you. Which damaged Verstappen's car pretty severely. It looked pretty. That and, was significant damage. And, and they had words afterwards, kind of. You know, I, I can't wait till the Drive to Survive comes out so we could hear the uncensored version of that. But I mean, you're, you're, it's kind of unnecessary using the. And those aren't cheap cars, man. No. Those are engineered hours and hours of man hours and hours and, and, and crazy amount of monies just in probably that one section of car that was damaged by George Russell racing, which I don't blame George Russell for that. I can't blame for Stafford for that. He was the victim, but I can't blame George Russell for one in that position because a racer's mentality says, you say go, okay, I'm going. Mm-hmm. As fast as I can through the hundred kilometers. What was it? Seventeen laps. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it was. Wasn't, not it wasn't a long, long race. No. But still, I'm, I'm with you, man. Because that, why change it at the midseason? The sprint format I feel was fine in certain races, certain big races like Great Britain, the British Grand Prix. It's a perfect place for it. Maybe Miami, maybe Las Vegas, and maybe one other track. France and the France isn't on the schedule anymore. Just one of those things. Um, I'd say spa. Maybe spa would okay. be a fun place to to run those sprint races. But to see the format the way it was, I don't. I like watching free practice. Yeah, that you all know a lot of people brought that up too. Was I, about free practice. I like watching all three practices. I like watching the two practices before qualifying. No, no, yeah, no. There were three practices. The format. Yeah, you how get three that? practices. You get two two practices on Friday, and then Saturday you get a practice, and then qualifying, and then qualifying, and then Sundays to race. Yeah. Okay. So I like watching all three practices because then I like to see okay, what who's gonna be who's a contender here? Of course, you got Verstappen and Perez. Red Bull's up there. Is Ferrari gonna be a contender? Williams is starting to kind of flex their muscles a little more. I feel, with, especially with Logan Sargent, I feel like he's doing well. I'm biased because he's an American, but I feel like. How are they going to develop more and learn more about the cars? What if they have parts coming in that mm-hmm. they need to test? We see it on the Formula One games all the time where, oh, this part's fitted, run it. We got to practice. Go ahead and run it. Let's test it out and see if it will benefit us in the long run. Right. Can't do that with one practice session. No. Because then you're going to set up for qualifying. 
Are you going to set up for the race? Are you going to do race strategy? Are you going to do that? I mean, and teams probably already know this by this point. If you don't know, okay, we need this amount of fuel to get there, and we'll put maybe five or six liters more because of overtaking and whatnot. If you haven't gotten to that point by now, I don't know what to tell you. They're way smarter than me. But I do miss the free practice one, two, three. The qualifying is always way more fun, I feel, sometimes in the race itself. And then you have the race, which is the pinnacle of the weekend. Mm-hmm. You throw a sprint race in there, although we saw it before, and we had no gripes about it up to this point. That new format I'm with you is just completely off. I think it, it, I, I saw a lot of comments where people say it was going to take away from the weekend for fans that go there and pay the money to sit and see cars on track for right. two practice sessions. And you, you could argue that, Oh, you still get to see cars on track. Not really if you're going to only see it for a qualifying on a Saturday morning and then a real quick sprint race. And the, and the and results people, of the sprint race don't even set the field for exactly. Sunday, which and, the sprint race traditionally does in yeah. Formula 1. I mean, not, not everybody wants to be there to watch cars racing like that on a Saturday. Some people just like to see the cars go around on track for a practice session. You know, just like years and years ago back in the day fans would always go to nascar races all the time and be there in the entire weekend because people just love to see cars on track for practice it didn't matter if they were out there running 100 percent or they were just running it out there for you know some practice sessions in formula one guys were out there for 20 30 40 50 laps they may not be running hard every single lap but they're in there breaking the car in seeing how things doing figuring out strategies and stuff like that now you're throwing in a 17 lap sprint race where people are running as hard as they can the entire time I would rather take a practice session over that any day. Right, and some people just like to sit next to the track, or yeah. whether in the infield or outfield, having a beer, tailgating, just listening to the cars, the cars go around to the around track. track. I mean, that's what I enjoy doing. I just think that I feel like the FIA is trying to make it exciting, and I feel like they're going to start screwing that up. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, but I think Charlie, I think if they want to make it exciting, I'm pretty sure Charlie what? was the one that said it, give everybody points then. Why yeah. do we have that? If you want to make it, because if you're only giving points to the top eight competitors and it's not setting the field, it's just the usual guys that are going to get the points on Saturday yeah, and it's no, just going to extend the lead even more. Yeah, why, why, why even race Saturday? Why even race Why then? even run your equipment? Just say, hey, what if yeah. there's a big accident? If I'm, I'm one g- of those back marker cars, I hate to say back marker cars because you, there's a big difference in oh, Formula yeah. 1. There, there is. If I'm one of those back marker cars, if I'm not going to get penalized for it, I'm not going to go out there on Saturday. Hey, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, that's what Logan Sargent did. Well, they had they had some other issues with the car, but yeah, still, yeah, I, they had some other issues with the some, car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. But yeah, if I'm them, if I'm not going to get penalized for it, absolutely. Hey, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Right. There's no point in me doing this. I, I'll, if I'll, the FIA wants to make it fun or make it uh, exciting, then everybody should deserve to get points. That'll make it. That'll make it a little bit closer throughout the season. I guess you could say. Right, and we um, can talk about points. We've harped on points. I think since our episode one of. Yeah. When we were called in the marbles. I mean, yeah. It just seems like points now, especially with NASCAR, have always been an issue. They're hot. It's a hot topic debate. And now we start getting into Formula One, where I think they're going down the same road. I mean, it's ever so I, slightly. I just, I, I'm worried that they're, they are. It's ever it's so just slightly. Weird. It's yeah. just awkward. It, it is. And I'm with you there. But Azerbaijan, maybe Miami will produce better. We'll talk about Miami yeah. here in a second. But anything else about Azerbaijan Grand Prix? No, other than that, I mean, Sunday I mean, was just a... Yeah, the usual suspects won It was Perez not. I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked that Perez won because he's been fairly good at Azerbaijan. Yeah. But it was pretty much just a straightforward race. No, I mean, nothing big. Yeah, nothing really to write home about. All right. Up next here on the docket, Kansas Motor Speedway coming up here for NASCAR. Well, we see Bubba Wallace again wrecking Kyle Larson and getting into a fight. No, was that? That was Las Vegas. Oh, bump, 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 bump. Damn. I can't believe I did that. Well, that's okay. Same kind of looking track. Yeah, that, that, that was a total mess well, up. A mile and a half. It's a mile and a half cookie cutter track. Anyway, Kansas Motor Speedway coming up here. Bubba Wallace has won here, though. He has won there. Defending race champion, if I'm not mistaken, there. Or was that in the fall race he won? I will, I will get back to you on that, okay. actually. But Kansas Motor Speedway always delivers something interesting there. I mean, we, we said this, I think, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Osbajan Grand Prix, and all, something always happens there, which this weekend was really nothing happened. But at the same time, Kansas Motor Speedway, man, you're looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, uh, well, 
man, I feel I've like, really been that big of a fan of like the mile and a half cookie cutter tracks in the past few year or two years. We don't get Xfinity racing this weekend. We get trucks. We get trucks and cop. Well, I feel like I need to do this real quick, buddy. That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't, we haven't heard that yeah, in a while. We haven't heard that in a while. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and then I got one for you here, too. I almost I almost butchered it for a second. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait. wait what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that about Kansas. I, I, was, I, I don't know. For some reason, I have somebody fighting in there, and I thought it was Kansas, and oh, it, was, no, it was Vegas. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was. <laughs> wow! Thinking, no, no, my uh, was so not right. Yeah, okay, we're already off the rails here at yeah, this episode of rambling yeah, about racing. Yeah. But Kansas, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be status quo weight race, regardless of it. Yeah, I, mean, I think it is going to be. But I hope I'm wrong, but I, I hope know. I'm wrong too. But we'll see. Here we'll get you the start times for that for all races coming up here this in the next few minutes or so. But yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Bubba Wallace. Well, he won in the fall of last year. Okay, but he, he's won there, so I think... So the defending race winner is actually technically Kurt Busch. Oh. Yeah. Oh, sad, sad face. Yeah, that that's unfortunate there. I miss Kurt Busch already. But now with the, I think this is going to be a, the more center point of the weekend here, the Formula 1 Grand Prix for Miami, second race there for this track. You mentioned it before the show when we were off air at Preston that you're not looking forward to this race. I, I am. I'm looking forward to this race because I liked it last year. It was interesting. But why aren't you specifically looking forward I to it this year? I thought the excitement last year was great, the build-up to it. But it just didn't seem, I don't know, it just it seemed almost like, as you could say, like Azerbaijan was. It was just kind of, it's just the usual run-of-the-mill kind of deal. I mean, Verstappen dominated last year, and that was it. Well, no, no, no. You, you can't do this, Preston, because ever since episode one, season one of this show, I have been saying if somebody dominates, i.e. at that point, it was all Lewis Hamilton. I couldn't stand Lewis Hamilton. And then we saw a great 2021 season when it came down to the wild. Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen. Verstappen snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat there at the last race and the last lap of the season and winning. And now all of a sudden we're Right back here at square one with Formula One, except it's not me saying it this time. It is you, ironically enough, the Formula One guy of the show saying it's going to be a boring race. When I'm we- not saying it's going to be a boring race. I just I was hoping that it would be teams. It would be a little bit close. Teams would be a little bit closer to Red Bull. Like it seems like Ferrari is maybe starting to figure things out. I was hoping that Aston Martin would be a little bit closer, but they seem they've kind of fallen off. It seems like Ferrari is going to be the ones. They may be the only ones to challenge Red Bull at this point. Red Bull has just gotten so far out. Well, now. yeah, but that's what happens just, when you win a constructors championship and two back-to-back world driver championships. I'm hoping that. Okay, I'll, I will say this. I don't think it's going to be a boring race, but I hope that Ferrari can figure it out and I, challenge Red Bull a heck of a lot more. Yeah, I've been saying that since race one at Bahrain, and I keep hyping it up. I think Ferrari's got it this weekend. No, they haven't. I, I don't foresee anybody stopping Red well, Bull this hey, season. Ferrari had something this past weekend. A third. They got a podium. <laughs> While both Red Bulls stood on top of the podiums. I mean, there's no stopping Red Bull right now. In Formula One, you cannot count out Red Bull. And and it, to bet against them would be astro- a, a big mistake. I... I Thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't do the episode last week because I would have looked like a complete fool saying that I felt like Aston Martin was going to be the one to watch over the weekend because they turned out not to really be at all. Yeah, where where was uh, Fernando Alonso this past week? And I'll tell you right now, where he finished. He didn't. I think he finished in the points, if I'm not mistaken. But he finished fourth. Okay, he finished. Because Carlos Sainz finished fifth, so Ferrari had third and fifth for once. Nobody actually DNF'd. Which is nice. Change of scenery. A small little victory for Ferrari. (laughs) I feel so bad that we joke about Ferrari, but I mean, it's just, they have the bad luck. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. They do. But 
Uh, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, there's no, uh, you can't stop Red Bull. Let's just say that right now. You can't stop Red Bull, what they're doing. Max Verstappen sits first. Uh, I'll go over, I'll look at the points real okay, quick. Okay, look, look over the points real Verstappen quick. Verstappen sits first at 93, Sergio Press sits second at 87, and then Fernando Alonso is third with 60 points. Oh, look, Lewis Hamilton's fourth with 48 points. I would have never guessed that he was fourth. And then you have Signs and Leclerc. So, yeah. But the constructor standings, this is where it hurts the most. Okay, let's hear that. Red Bull, 180 points. Yeah, they're running away with it already. Aston Martin is second with 87. Yeah. That's, that's uh, wow. That's a big, that's huge. You That would take. That, I don't for, think it was like that the year that Verstappen and Hamilton duked it out no. when it came down to the fire. I don't think it. And there I want to say even, even that season, Mercedes won the Constructors' Championship. But it wasn't by a ton like that, and no. it wasn't that big of a gap this early into the season. I mean, Red Bull is absolutely dominating Just right now. wiping the floor with everybody. Yeah. But uh, we could beat a dead horse about yeah. that all you want. Going, on, go ahead, going ahead right now and going to give you the upcoming races for this weekend. It's only going to be the Craftsman Truck Series and the Cup Series for NASCAR this weekend. Saturday, May 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 is going to be your Truck Series race. Sunday, May 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 as well is going to be the Kansas race for the Cup Series. And for Formula 1, the United States Grand Prix, the first of three. Yes. First of three this year. I'm really looking forward to Las Vegas, hoping it doesn't disappoint. I'm hoping Miami equals to what we saw last year. And that race is going to be Sunday, May 7th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. Kind of conflicting, not kind of, straight up conflicting with NASCAR when it comes to the United States market. It's going to be interesting to see. Real quick, Preston, and you know where this is going. Race winners and race picks for Formula One, the Craftsman Truck Series, and the Cup Series for NASCAR, unless you want me to start. No, I can I can start. All right. What, what do you want to start with, NASCAR? We'll, we'll start off with NASCAR, and then we'll go to okay. Formula One. I have uh, Christian Eckes winning in the Truck Series. Good pick. Uh, Kyle Larson for the Cup Series. Okay. And then Max Verstappen for Miami but, in Formula One. Why do you take the low-hanging fruit? What if I wanted the low-hanging fruit? Because I was going to say Sergio Perez, but I think Max Verstappen this week. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to count against him. Okay, so who would you say for trucks? Christian Eckes. Okay, Ben Rhodes. Okay. Tyler Reddick. Ooh. Tyler Reddick gets it. And Sergio Perez. All right. Good fit. Tyler Reddick, good pick. 23-11. I I think so. Success at Kansas. Yeah, he he does. And defending race champion's car. Unfortunately, Kurt Busch isn't there. Yeah. But twenty three eleven runs well at Kansas. I expect him to do well. So that's about all I got, buddy. So anything else before we get into this final, into the final thoughts portion of this week's uh, episode? No, no. Oh well, I mean, other than yeah, you know, like you said with the start times, real quick, it is going to be kind of conflicting with Formula One. No, but it's kind gonna, of it's, odd. it's kind be... of to me, it seems kind of odd since Formula One has got such a big market in the United Kingdom or England, as you could say it. Is six hours ahead, so that would be, that would be like not nine thirty their time for a race. Why, why, why isn't this race being run at like a twelve thirty in the United States or something? You know, I feel like they could try to play towards a decent time for England, since technically Formula One market is based out of there for the most part. I don't. know. I just kind of found it weird. I think they probably think that they're still going to beat NASCAR anyways. In the United States, it is a Formula One is apparently a growing trend in the United States these days. So. It is, but I don't think. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the numbers. We'll say. have to wait and see what the numbers say. But anything else before we get into our final uh, thoughts no. here? All right, let's get into it. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite drivers' t-shirts, hoodies, hats, die-cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there, as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well one-stop shop for everything you need any type of sport you need links can be found under the sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com as well as the 
under the podcast description and YouTube description, depending on whether you're watching or listening to Ramblin' About Racing. Head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season. Final thoughts on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Racing. If you stayed up with us or with us all the way up to this point, really do appreciate it. Sorry about the new format here. We're, I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys liked the PowerPoint presentation with visuals. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube. And if you're, and if you're not watching on YouTube, well, then you might as well go watch on YouTube then. You stole the words right out of my mouth there, Preston. You know, hey, you know, spread the word. Let yeah. everybody know. Yeah, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to our Heck YouTube yeah. channel. It's really good. So here, oh, and we got one more. We got a couple more slides right here. If you are watching on YouTube, boom, we got our fantasy standings uh, here. Yes. For rambling about racing. I didn't do so hot. Again, I was just about to ask you if you set your lineup. I, I did set. <laughs> that's what's sad. I set my lineup. Oh, I, I worked hard this weekend in studying it, but I just. Did you see where you finished? Yeah, it doesn't matter where I finished. As 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 what Brian would say. No, not Brian. Uh, James would say, "I just need a nice hot bowl of soup there in the basement." Because <laughs> I am not doing so hot whatsoever <laughs> here, and I have a feeling. I mean, Maples is running away with it. He's going to be a three-time champion before he's going to be the king of our Ramblin'. We're dominating right now. Him and I are. What are you two in, in cahoots or something? No, we're just we just happen to be. You know, I yours truly won this week once again. Oh wow! You guys are welcome. I well, I thank take you. pride in this. I take pride in winning every week. I'm trying to cut into his lead, but I'm not quite successful just yet all right well let's let's hear well, the, i'll close it in but let's let's I, let's I, go cause, over because i have a feeling a bad feeling about this let's here. go over the overall oh, oh uh well ladies and gentlemen uh bring it up 14th at the rear of the field is uh yeah there he is there's matt right here 1556 right here by I'm the way sorry, we're, at, we're in our wide shot right oh now. oh <laughs> yikes boom 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 uh, 13th is Smoky Woody at 1604. B9 3, 1605, sitting in 12th. 11th is Super Sumo 32 at 1645. 10th is Grocery Getter 6 at 1662. CK sits 9th at 1670. Charlie is currently 8th at 1721 points. 7th is TS Promo D, 1772. The money team Moon Rovers, my brother, sitting sixth at 1788. S Blades is fifth at 1802. The Sports Stove is fourth at 1810. Matt Camper sits third at 1833. And then we get into the 1900 Club. Oh, I sit guy. second at 1921. And Maples is first at. 1,959. So we are, you can just call us Red Bull at this point. Wait, what was my, what's my points right now? Uh, 1,556. I'm only 403 points out of the lead. Give it a, ba- a couple bad weekends here, and I'm right back in it. Well, hopefully you don't have a bad weekend next weekend. I probably will, Preston. <laughs> Unfortunately, I probably will. <laughs> anyway. That was our fantasy standings this week in NASCAR. Look at that. I like that, that. That is beautiful right there. This week in NASCAR, we go back to 1975, May 4th. Buddy Baker ends his two-year drought by winning the Winston 500 at Talladega. Baker's Bud Moore Ford finishes a car length in front of runner-up David Pearson, the Silver Fox. And that happened May 4th, 1975. I hope I didn't say 1974. I don't, I don't, I don't boy, recall, I don't but, I, but I might have. I've already messed up and said Bubba Wallace is going to... But you corrected that time really quick. Yeah, but I still looked bad. I, it still looked real bad when it came to that. And Well, we all have our moments. 
Yeah, I've had a few of them. It, it, it's funny what a week will do to you. Yeah. Off and, but no, you wanted to be sick. I know. I know. Okay. But Preston, man, my man, that was it. That was our show. If you want to comment about anything, use YouTube or hashtag social media, hashtag what you think ITM for anything. And Preston, anything else before we wrap up this episode of Rambling About Racing? Uh, no. Nope, not at all. All right, Preston, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Rambling About Racing. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to us, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or YouTube. Really do appreciate you taking the time to stop by and listen to us or watch us if you're on YouTube. I'd like to thank our partners for the show, Stand Up to Cancer, Fanatics, Devos Outdoor Lining, and Extreme Sim Racing for all they do for us here at Rambling About Racing and what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. Make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of all racing and see what's going on in our lives as well. For Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 Stay safe. We'll see you after Kansas and the Miami Grand Prix for Formula One. Have a good week, everybody.